Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Welcome back. Let's jump in right away to the final verse of our section that we have been covering in Colossians chapter 3. If you remember from verse 5 to 11, which is what we'll cover today, Paul has been encouraging Christians to consider all the sinful tendencies and habits in our life to be dead to us. He says that is not who you are anymore. And he's given us many examples and motivations. So here in verse 11 is his final thought to this section on putting to death the sin that is in us. So let me read Colossians 3 verse 11. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Who do you think you are better than? I know that might immediately sound like an alarming question, but I want you to consider it. Who do you think you are better than? Reality is we all have certain people or maybe types of people that if we're really honest, we simply think we are better than that person, that you are way more knowledgeable than that person, that you are way more compassionate and kind than that person, that you are way more hardworking than that person. You are way more athletic than that person. You are way more of a servant than that person. You are way more responsible with money than that person. You grew up in a better place than that person. You have better values than that person. You vote better than that person. You look better than that person. And I could go on and on and on. And I'm guessing you probably think a number of those that I just mentioned Because we are prone to accumulating value for ourselves by comparing ourselves to other people and finding these areas that we think we are better. And while we do that in a lot of different areas in our life, a bunch that I just mentioned, one of the primary problems that arises with that way of life is when it translates into our view of the gospel. What happens is we begin to see ourselves as more deserving of God, that it makes sense, you know, that we are Christians because of how we grew up or that we're a really nice person or we try to do good things to others or our life is mostly ordered and responsible or we just care about people so much. You know, and we can tend to believe that something in us made us better or more deserving than someone else. And the way that that works itself out is an arrogance in us for ourselves, as well as a demeaning view of others around us. And this is not just a problem for us. This was a problem for the Christians in Colossae. As Paul ends his section on sin patterns in the church, he ends with a common problem that is a direct attack on the truth of the gospel. The problem is that we drift toward the belief that some people are better 
based on ethnicity, morality, economic status, lifestyle, or other factors. That's what he's getting at in verse 11. He says that in the church, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. Now, all of those, they have different meanings and contextual reasons why he's contrasting them. And some of those contrasts are clear, others are debated, but the main point of the verse is clear. In the church, we are neither brought into God's family because of these factors, nor are we primarily now defined by one of these factors. Listen to that again. In the church, we are neither brought into God's family because of these factors, nor are we primarily now defined by one of these factors. That is massive for us to believe, especially today, because I think there might be two areas where we falter in this. For some of us, we look at culture and society around us. You you look at people who don't follow God and we think that we need to simply remove ourselves, that these people are so far gone, there's no hope. I'm guessing some of you probably have people in your life that you think are too bad, too sinful, too evil to really ever be in God's family. Now, I'm not saying there's not really bad people in the world, but I am saying that we don't enter into God's family because we have been good or are from the right place. That view in us has to die. We don't enter the church because it makes sense. We enter the church as sinners saved by the miraculous grace of Jesus. It's not our identity or behaviors that get us in. But on the other side, I think sometimes not just getting in to the church, but even within the church, we can prioritize certain aspects about who we are And we will use that as our primary identity. I'm not saying it doesn't influence your identity or it's not a part of you. I'm talking about your primary identity. This could be things like race or our marriage status or our financial status or our personality type or certain giftings or skills. You know, we take the fact that we are a certain skin color or personality type or have a certain skill set. And we prioritize that over other things. So Paul, he might say to us today in the church, look, there is neither religious or irreligious, Caucasian or African-American, South Asian or Eastern European, the straight A's or the dropouts, the Midwesterners or the Malaysian, the, those born into trust funds or born into food stamps. He says none of these factors make us Christians And none of them are now our primary identities as Christians because he ends the section with this kind of clear and poetic line when it comes to God's people and his work of redemption. He says that Christ is all and in all. It's kind of a cool line, but a little bit confusing. (laughs) So here's what I think he means by that. Paul has been talking about this new humanity in Christ, the new creation, the redemption work of Jesus. And our place in the renewed world 
is not based on our ethnicity, our social standing, our skin color, our age, our economic status, our personality type. It is merely based on our union to Christ. So in the new humanity of God's people, Christ is all there will be, and he dwells in all that there will be. Does that make sense? So uh, new creation is all about Christ. All the benefits and blessings and the newness of the new creation is Christ. And the reason we get into that is because we are united to Christ. He is all and in all. In this new humanity, that is what is the centerpiece. Remember chapter one, what is the hope of glory for God's people? Christ in you. The hope of eternity and new creation is Christ and our union to Christ. He is the way into the church, and he is your primary identity in the church. So, with all of that, I know that's kind of deep and theological. Let me go back to the pride piece and offer one final application for you today. I want you to first... Consider what is that area of pride in your life? The area that you tend to most often think you are just better than others in. The thing that you primarily identify about yourself. Now, I'm not going to give you the answer to this. I just want to give you two questions to ask about that today. Whatever that area is, your primary identity, the thing that you think you're better than others in, that thing, ask yourself two questions. How is that belief an attack to the gospel that I say I believe? How is that area of pride an attack on the gospel that I say I believe? And number two, how is that area of pride negatively affecting my relationships? Ask yourself those two questions. Get the idea or example of pride and ask yourself, how is that an attack on the gospel And how is that negatively affecting relationships around me? Because any area of pride is both an attack on the gospel and it is damaging to relationships around you. So today, take stock of the area of pride, ask yourself those two questions, and then ask the Lord to help you kill that pride and walk in humble love of others. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.